Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Hello. The Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Dave. Yes, sir. Lord willing, what will you be doing Sunday, January 13th? Oh, I well, after I go to worship service in the morning, my church is taking a bus, is sponsoring a bus full of uh, mostly young people, but some uh, some parents are, are going to be traveling downtown to uh, the Chicago March for Life. This is our third year that we're doing it as a church, church-sponsored activity, and uh, we look forward to it because it's been wonderful to meet with thousands and thousands of other pro-lifers across the uh, Chicagoland area standing up and making some noise for the sanctity of life. Well, I plan to attend church that day, record the Bears playoff game (laughs) if they're playing on the 13th. Oh, dear. And I'll be attending, Lord willing, the March for Life Chicago beginning at 2 p.m. on the Federal Plaza in downtown Chicago. We are joined by Kevin Grillo, the Vice President of the March for Life Chicago. Mr. Grillo, what's the theme of this year's March? Well, guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share with you about the March for Life Chicago. The theme this year is pro-life is pro-science, unique from day one. Amen. So why is that theme so important? I think sometimes people get really hesitant. They say, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe this is just a belief level, but science is on our side. And then the more and more research that comes out, the more crystal clear it is. This is human life we are talking about in the womb, and it must be respected. And so pairing how different and distinct each one of us are and how beautifully made we are with what we're observing in the science world together is what's going to unify us and move forward. So, Kevin, you're saying that uh, science is actually affirming what Scripture says when it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, beautifully. Yes, absolutely. We're talking about something that is not in contrast. Some people think you have to pick faith or reason, but no, no, no. This is what in both reason and faith leads us to understand the unique gift of each human person as well as, and th- I mean, you can observe this stuff at cell level deep. The more and more we go microscopic, the more beautiful we understand how organized and independent and distinct we are. Well, and the word I, I've, I've learned is called irreducibly complex. Even our cells, one cell in our body is so complex that there's just no way it could have evolved, but rather our creator made us. And uh, I like to again point out fearfully and wonderfully. But does science matter to the pro-abortion folks? You know, Ooh. they're out there on the uh, sidewalk across the street from the March for Life Chicago every year. And they're celebrating abortion. Are we making any headway with those folks just based on science? Well, Monty, I think that's where common ground can be established. As much as they often rebuke any notion of religion or God can be, you know, things uh, that they want to disassociate from, there comes a point where your reason has to connect. And so science could be an open door there. 
But you're absolutely right. It's challenging to connect at that level. I don't know if they're as much celebrating abortion as they are just really angry that we're there. And I've seen people observe passerbyers confused by people who are expressing a lot of anger over there. And then there's a celebration of life. I know that's evident from the thousands of people elbow to elbow crammed in a federal plaza. (laughs) (laughs) There's a discrepancy there that makes me really want to pray for them and, and work towards their conversion of heart. Because we, yes, I mean, we have to appeal at science level, but then also we have to understand, connect with them on a human heart level too. Well, that's interesting. Um, connecting with people's hearts. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like politics is doing the trick, uh, nor is the judicial system. So maybe we need to connect more with the heart. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And that is a huge benefit uh, and advantage to how the March for Chicago is advertising and working to really build up a, a culture that loves life. Because if we are disconnected from our legal system, if we're disconnected from one another, making change is really difficult because we become isolated islands that never talk to one another. And as you pointed to, that, that void is even further. I mean, that's developing to be a chasm in politics. When you talk about connecting to people's heart on these on this issue, um, sometimes our political opponents use uh, hard cases and emotional stories to persuade and to get to, um, to the, the the public's heart. Um, we have some very powerful and significant and emotional stories on the pro life side, don't we? Oh, we definitely do, and, and stories are a great way to access the heart, and definitely a tool and and advantage that we can highlight more that's why the march by chicago one of the speakers and i believe you have met him before ryan bomberger yes i have yeah he's a hero he's incredible and if you the more you hear about his story you realize that he was conceived in rape and he really is a one percent of pregnancies that people often use to justify a hundred percent of abortion so hearing his story and putting a face to the child in the womb really creates change of heart. Yeah, and that's an emotional story that will will kind of get to some people's heart. Not everybody, but that's mm. that's a that's a that's a powerful story. Well, yeah, and there's I mean that's definitely yep, that's you're absolutely right. It's not gonna access everyone's, but it starts to create a cognitive dissonance and a challenge there. And an even further access point that could speak more broadly is one of the aid for women clients who will be speaking about she had a choice to make whether she was going to choose life or not for her child. And hearing from a young woman there who's in the situation, that that can really move hearts as well to realize what it means to choose life, but also how powerful and such a gift, as you said, fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I remember being in the uh, Illinois legislative chamber uh, on the day that they gave the final vote for House Bill 40, taxpayer-funded abortions. And uh, one of the proponents said, you know, this is uh, 2000, what was it, 17? And this is progress. And I wondered, how is it progress in this year with all the science we have to abort a child? And uh, yeah, you're expecting- What a grave day. Yeah. What a really tragic and sad day. As we see that played out, I mean- 
there's been an increase in taxpayer-funded abortion in 2018. If you just look at the first six months of 2017 to the first six months of 2018, there's a 274% increase in abortions because we're paying for them now. That's right. And, and we're it, seeing people come across state lines uh, to avoid the more restrictions, restriction, uh, legal restrictions in their states to come to Illinois, which is now almost an abortion free for all. Yeah. There was an over a thousand person increase in people flocking to Illinois and just looking at 2016 to 2017. Dave, you're absolutely right. People are coming here. They're thinking of it as an abortion oasis yeah, in Illinois. That's a good word. Yep. Good phrase. So you would agree with the contention and the pro-life community that Illinois is or is fast becoming the abortion capital of the Midwest. Well, it's not yet. Yeah, you're you're not just looking at the pro-life community. Planned Parenthood is calling this where they are strategically basically looking to place their flag in between California and New York. This is where the battleground is in the Midwest from a numbers perspective, from a hearts perspective, from a politics perspective. This is where it's absolutely critical that we are taking a stand for life. And, and it's not a surprise that Planned Parenthood would open up a new abortion uh, mill right in Flossmore on the south side of Chicago, right off of I-80, so that it'd be really easy, easily accessible uh, for, for those who are coming from the east, maybe Gary, Indiana, maybe a little further out to get to Flossmore. And then we had another one opened up in Skokie, right down the street from uh, the uh, Holocaust Museum. Uh, but that, that wasn't a Planned Parenthood. But um, Planned Parenthood, I understand, is is thinking of opening more abortion mills in Illinois to take advantage of taxpayer funding of abortion. They know it. We know it. And we have to make a change now. I mean, Dave, the, the place you reference in Skokie, they advertise by saying, quote, abortion. Yeah, we do that. End quote. <laughs> Mike. They're excited about it in such a tragic and terrible way. What What's the name of that? I, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but they offer spa services like come get a pedicure, uh, a massage, and oh yeah, an abortion. Yeah, the the clinic's name is Carafem, and yeah. they are excited. I mean, they even bill an abortion as a ten week after pill. Oh, are you kidding me right wow. now? Of how much how much context and syntax or manipulation do we have to use? to so, spin this. Kevin, can I put you on the spot? In, w w at, at 10 weeks along gestation, w w what has developed on the, the baby, the uh, unborn baby? I mean, you can, a heartbeat has developed between yep. 18 and 21 days. You're looking at brainwave activity and much more. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, the unique human life there with its own blood source, its own DNA, its own heartbeat. Oh, these are distinct. Yeah. And the difference in blood flow you're, you're starting to see happen. The science there is fascinating. And and I think that helps open up people and realize that there's a lot of activity. Oh, I just thought this was a clump of cells. Well, a clump of cells doesn't have a heartbeat at that point. There, There's a disassociation that's happening. And so the more you can educate there, and that's, I think, really why promoting science there is a huge advantage. That to opening people's mind to what is really going on, just like ultrasounds have become so fantastic for changing hearts because we are very visual people and seeing into the womb changes and allows us to connect with the human nature of the fetus that's growing there. 
Well, this is Illinois Family Spotlight. We're talking about the March for Life Chicago and pro-life activism. And our special guest is Kevin Gerlow with uh, March for Life Chicago. We'll continue our conversation with Kevin after this. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Everyone knows about George Frederick Handel, but few remember Charles Jennings. But it was Jennings who wrote and conceived the idea of the Messiah, the massive oratorio that is performed thousands of times worldwide at Christmas. Jennings wrote the libretto, that is the text of the Messiah, tying together the Bible's central story, God's salvation of his people through the work of the Messiah. He used the very words of the Bible for his text. Jennings had a purpose in his project, and that was to remind his audience of the truth and power of the story of salvation, and thus his attention to the birth of Christ. In just 21 days, Handel put the words to majestic music. For unto us a child is born. That is the prophet's declaration of God's great gift to us at Christmas. It is the reason for the unspeakable joy Christians know at Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Salem Radio family. I'm Albert Moeller. Your end-of-year support is vital for the work of the Illinois Family Institute. Hi, I'm Kathy Valenti. Your donation will help IFI protect life as well as advance family values and religious liberty in Illinois. And thanks to a generous challenge, all donations will be matched dollar for dollar up to $100,000 through December 31st. So please act today and have your gift to IFI double. Remember the matching challenge runs through December 31st. All donations to the Illinois Family Institute are tax deductible. To give, please call 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328, or visit IllinoisFamily.org. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here with uh, David Smith, and our guest yeah, well, is Kevin Grillo, the vice president of the March for Life Chicago. Sunday, January 13th, be there at the Federal Plaza in downtown Chicago. It all kicks off around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There'll be some great speakers at a rally, and then the March for Life occurs through the streets of downtown Chicago. Kevin, you're expecting upwards of 6,000 people from Illinois and across the Midwest to be on hand. And it should be probably the largest pro-life event in the Midwest. Uh, Why is it that the March for Life seems to be growing every year? Well, what a blessing to have the numbers continue to increase. Six, seven years ago, there was 150 people that came out. So the return and the growth has been so fast to have over 6,000 people expected with eight buses from Wisconsin alone. People are drawn into March for Life Chicago, not only to, because they see the urgency and the need and the desperation of Illinois, but because they believe in something much more, that we can create change in even one of the worst places possible. Yep. Amen. You know, it is a fun, encouraging, and easy way to be a witness for life, the sanctity of life. And I would just encourage all the listeners, uh, if you can make it, come 
and join us. If you can encourage your church leadership, maybe to send a bus or charter a bus and make it easier for people to get back and forth to uh, downtown Chicago on a Sunday afternoon, let's do it. And let's yeah. send a message to um, to the folks in Illinois that we are proud to stand for life. Maybe if you're looking for, oh, I want to join in with a group that's already going, you can just check out the org, and then you can find the group section. So you could either help lead or orchestrate a group from your church, or you could hop on a bus that's already headed into downtown Chicago. What's the website on that again, Kevin? MarchForLifeChicago.org. You know, I've been to several March for Life Chicago. It's on the Federal Plaza, so you're standing on cement in January. A piece of advice, (laughs) dress warmly, uh, wear a couple pairs of socks uh, with your boots, (laughs) because that uh, cold will come right up through the concrete onto your feet. So uh, be prepared, but be there. but the march helps too with that. You know, you're moving, and once you start moving, your blood gets going. So right. it's uh, it's not terrible. Hey, I, we've been there when it's been uh, like 14 degrees out there, and uh, we're, we're uh, hey, this is an important issue, and a little cold weather is not going to keep us away. Dave, I think that's absolutely right. That I mean, there's a little suffering involved. You better believe it. Your toes might be cold, but I think being surrounded by so many people and hearing the cheers for life. Echoing off of skyscrapers really warms your heart. I mean, we're talking about something that fills you for the rest of the year to go out and be firm in your convictions and stand and celebrate life. Yep. Well, Kevin, do you find that the March for Life helps to energize the pro-life cause even here in big blue Illinois? Uh, You know, uh, and does it give a kind of a kickoff to a year of pro-life activism. Absolutely. This is a launching pad. We have, so I also work for We Dignify, which mentors college students into pro-life leaders. So we draw on college students from several different campuses in Chicago area and Milwaukee and Champaign and different places. And when they come to the March for Life Chicago, they're filled with such hope and exuberance really for life that they go back to campus. Such a desperate place as well in Illinois and, and surrounding places, but they are filled with this energy and life that they can speak to what the human condition is from the very beginning. And so this is absolutely, and we've seen this happen, not just on a, oh, they're really excited, but they're changing hearts and minds. I think of one student who was talking to his, his name, was Micah, was talking to passerbyers at the March for Chicago itself, and they thought, oh, what's going on over there? And so he gets into a conversation. He asks them where they stand. You know, are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? And starts feeling it out. And while he's talking to them, they start realizing, hey, I thought I was just in the pro-choice camp because that's culturally what they thought everyone should be. But they started looking at the disparity and they thought, man, you guys have something really attractive. We're going to check that out. Wow. So we can see not only the day of hearts change just like that, but that propelled him into stepping up and reaching out to hundreds of people on his campus. So get, get, getting past the sound bites, they were able to see there was something deeper, more intellectual, more compelling uh, than just the, you know, hey, uh, I, I, it should be a woman's choice, right? Dave, the youth of today are desperate for truth, and they're really lost without it. But they're also yearning for human connection. 
So avoid or moving technology out so you can actually have a face-to-face conversation with someone in front of you. It really helps them to see not just the sound bites or not just the misperceptions. Oh, you're just a bunch of angry people who don't care about women. No, you can see and you can express care in a way that nonverbals can't translate through a tweet. So you're saying face-to-face is better than Facebook-to-Facebook? If you want to have a conversation that leads (laughs) to change... Absolutely. Amen. I you totally can, agree with you. I just had to throw that in as a little yeah. aside. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's and it's interesting because some people think from a strategy level, oh, that's where all the young people are. They're on Facebook. But that's not where, because of all the algorithms and the separation of language, that's not where a change is happening. That's where echo chambers yes, are happening. That's true. So we have to go meet the people where they're at and help lead them back to human connection. No wonder why they're having a hard time connecting to the child growing within them. They're not in touch with who they are or anyone really in their life. That's profound. The majority of their life is a cell phone or a screen. Well, we have to move back to what's fearfully and wonderfully made, and that's one another. Beautiful. Well, very profound. Well, Planned Parenthood would have us believe that young people, for the most part, uh, support abortion. Uh, but then I go to the March for Life, and then I see so many young people there. What's the real story, Kevin? Monty, I think you actually articulated the sentiment that's happening. While things might be reporting, if you look closely at the numbers, you'll see that young people are moving more and more towards proponents of increased restrictions on abortion. They might not be all the way to pro-life full 100%, but they're certainly on the path there more than ever before. They're moving off of the fence because they're seeing their friends, their peers be hurt by abortion. We had one young lady we work with, her mom told her that she had to, she tried to have an abortion with her. Wow. She tried to abort her. And she came to us at first was, how do I make sense of this? And the more she learned, the more she learned to care for herself. But then she went out from there because she knew this message could not be kept just for herself. And I just learned today really was praying about and realizing she then helped somebody else choose life Yes, this semester. Wow. We are not talking about something insignificant here in the movement that's happening. We're talking about momentum that is going to flow over and really change the current of the generation. Do many of the young people today realize that many of their peers are not here because of Roe v. Wade and Doe versus Bolton? Well, Dave, I think it's important to recognize that the people, young people today, they have been born into a culture and a world for them that has only known abortion. None of them were alive prior to Roe vs. Wade or Doe vs. Bolton. Right. So that's a starting point. So if you can get past the sound bites or the tweets and into a meaningful conversation, then and only then can they start realizing the gravity of the impact of how many of their peers are missing. But the weight of that could be crushing. And so we have to move them forward with a sense of hope, just like the March by Chicago energizes so many people by coming together and realizing that change is possible. Young people realize by connecting with one another through leadership development, through training and education, they realize, oh, this is something that we can actually have a hand in changing and start bringing about a life for one another and to really respect now that we realize how many people have been disrespected and torn apart. It's time for us to treat life differently. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, well, Kevin, you mentioned earlier about uh, We Dignify, uh, formerly known as uh, what? Students for Life. Students for Illinois. Life. Um, of Illinois. Why the name change? Yeah, we, a couple of different reasons. One was such a, a wonderful problem in that we were growing. Students heard about the mentoring that we were doing in different states and wanted it. So we've already expanded up to Milwaukee into Wisconsin. We cross the border. I know this might be controversial. I mean, Pat McCassie's coming to March for Life and big Bears fan, uh, obviously. As a, uh, but we went into cheese land. <laughs> so that was one reason. Uh, you know, you, you went behind we went the cheddar curtain. There. That's, <laughs> we, we pulled back the Swiss guard, I guess, a little bit. And went up there. So growth was an avenue. But we used to be, when we first got started, by a junior in college who wanted to create change. But the organization has grown so substantially. We're not kids just getting started. We've been around for over a decade, and we've become experts at serving the people, now serving the students. And so with that change, it's time for us to expand and and respond to the needs and the demands that students want more. So you're actually actually allowed on... Uh, PC uh, safe zone college campuses. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the I think it's relationships have been a way to advance and keep us there. Just as if we just went off of sound bites, then we wouldn't be able to get too far with the university or administration. If we're able to meet them and have a conversation, we can start opening doors. But you're absolutely right in the suspicion that we have to tread lightly. And I think the access point is really through students. They're coming to us and wanting this. And if we can present it in a loving and attractive way, then more and more are drawn in and we can bring about the mission. So when you say you know, that however, uh, students yeah. are coming to you, what, what kind of issues, questions, concerns are they, are they um, posing to you and your, um, and your colleagues? Sometimes it comes across as, hey, I'm pro-life, but don't tell anyone. (laughs) Wow. That, yeah, or I'm pro-life. My parents taught me this, but I'm really scared to say this in class because I know my professor will give me a bad grade if I vocalize a different opinion. Or, hey, how do I respond? This person thinks that consciousness should be the point in which we respect life. So even someone who's one year old, he doesn't think they deserve the same amount of respect. Well, interesting. Now, have you had any uh, success stories where you've uh, been able to persuade a uh, a woman in a crisis pregnancy, a student in a crisis pregnancy, uh, to keep the baby? Absolutely, and that's such a blessing to be able to see those because we don't always get to meet the children that we're working for, and your listeners might feel that way as well, or even the families that you're serving. One recent story, and they can get very difficult. They can get very challenging because of the elements. Unfortunately, it's too often young men are not stepping up and being responsible. And so we have seen more of a pattern of young men or the fathers of the children pushing hard or even threatening to the point we had to get a restraining order against someone because we were helping her choose life. And this is the, the sacrifice. So I think of that when I think, oh, it might be a little cold at the plaza. And then I think about the sacrifice that people are making to save lives. 
and I that's right. I, that's I grab right. my hand. Well, I, I, it, <laughs> that makes me think, though, Kevin, too, that we need to really step up and start challenging these young men to protect their unborn babies. The role of men has been lost by young men. They don't they don't see it. They saw Homer Simpson growing up. They saw the sure. not involved, not caring, lazy or apathetic man figure from the media that they were receiving. They didn't see yep. the convicted, you know, we're coming up on, on Christmas and I was just thinking about Joseph, the silent but convicted. He stayed with Mary. He was there yep. caring for Jesus. And we never, it's not, let's brag about it. He's not cool. You know, like you can't find him saying anything in scripture, but right. you know, he is there. And you know he is working to protect women and children. Well, and we and we knew he had concerns about the scandal, right? Mary's pregnant, and he didn't, <laughs> he wasn't involved in that. Yet, <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, uh, I'd rather get out of town here. But uh, the Holy Spirit said, "No, you're going to stay with her, and you're going to protect her." And he and he followed, and he believed God to do what it. A beautiful act of trust. When we think about, yes. oh, this wasn't planned, or I didn't have it my way, or I didn't really want this. This is a beautiful example of following God's will and not your own. Yep. Obeying God versus uh, and walking in faith. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Well, Kevin, answer this. Uh, Would the March for Life Chicago be a great place for a person who says they're pro-life, but they've never done anything pro-life? Is this a good place to get started toward a life of pro-life activism? Absolutely. I think sometimes it's scary, and we connect with our students. It is scary to weigh into this. And I can appreciate that fear, but you can't remain silent. And so the March for Life gives you an opportunity to meet other people, to be energized, to hear from incredible speakers that are going to equip you with some knowledge to talk about in your day-to-day life. But also, for the people coming, you don't have to go a thousand miles away to Washington, D.C., this can be something you do on your Sunday. You drive in, you drive out. You, you bus in, you bus out. And then you can start realizing this is closer to home. And this is in my community. And this is something I need to talk about with my neighbors. Because we have to love our neighbors as ourselves, Which means that we can't let our neighbors fall victim to abortion. Well, if folks just can't be at the March for Life Chicago. How can they show their solidarity with March for Life Chicago? You can do several different ways to connect with the March for Life Chicago. There's an email list you can sign up for. You can check out the Facebook page to see what the goings on are, what's coming up next. Or maybe there's different... And like the Facebook page. Yeah, definitely like it. And if you want to give that a review as well, reviews help drive um, promotion of the page. And you could share several of the posts that are being made too. So there's a social media engagement yep. opportunity. There's a website. There's also, if you're interested in financial support, that is something each year people are, because it keeps growing, there are more constraints to putting it on. It turns out we need multiple jumbotrons because there's so many people trying to see what's going on. So if you want to give yep. sight to maybe someone who hasn't heard this before or has never come out to the March Live Chicago, Every year we have more and more hundreds of people that have come in for the first time and you could really play a role in helping them see the value of life. Okay. Get the website once again, Kevin. Marchforlifechicago.org. 
org. I'd like to encourage people too to bring their younger kids, maybe not the smallest ones, but you know your your preteens and teens to this march as well, because uh, this is a wonderful way to uh, to press upon them uh, your stand, you know, the importance of the sanctity of life, and start teaching them to take a stand themselves. Kevin, talk about the nuts and bolts here of uh, attending the March for Life Chicago. When should people arrive? Uh, where do they pick up signs and that sort of thing? Great. People can come down. The rally is going to start at 2 p.m. sharp. So you are looking to arrive a little bit earlier than that. Maybe 1.40, you're hitting the plaza and seeing how it's filling up already. There'll be signs distributed in the plaza by different marshals that you can find there. The stage will be right by the red sculpture which is pretty easy to see. So you can start lining up there. And the route is is less than a mile. And it's about 20 or 30 minute march itself. So the whole thing you can expect to, if you arrive at 1.45, you can expect to 3.45, 4 o'clock, you're heading back. And if you're driving, I'd recommend checking out the app called Spot Hero to help find a cheaper spot in a parking deck. But I'd also encourage public transportation, or if you can find your way onto a charter bus, those are going to be the best avenues. All right. Kevin, thank you so much. Let's give the website one more time and uh, encourage people to get to the March for Life Chicago on January 13th at the Federal Plaza in downtown Chicago. That is marchforlifechicago.org, and we are just under one month away. And what is uh, the website for We Dignify? It's wedignify.org. And if you're looking Pretty for simple. other podcasts, <laughs> you could look at wedignify.org slash podcast. Excellent. There we go. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin Grillo, the Vice President of the March for Life Chicago. Do be at the March for Life Chicago. Pray for the March for Life Chicago and support yes. the March for Life Chicago. A reminder, please join the Illinois Family Institute for Christian Life in Exile Forum with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer, 7 p.m., February 22nd, at Jubilee Bible Church in Medina, Illinois. If you'd like to attend, call 708-781-9328. And the IFI Trans Ideology Worldview Conference will be held Saturday, March 16th, at Stone Church in Orland Park, To attend, call 708-781-9328. And please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations tax deductible. And thanks to a generous challenge, all donations will be matched dollar for dollar up to $100,000 through December 31st. Call 708-781-9328 so you can help us out. Till next time, God bless and Dave, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.